How's it going, everybody? That's right. If you're hearing my voice, we are back from our long break. The Coven has returned, where we talk about all things feminism, all things nerdy culture, and we mix those into the cauldron and see what we get. And uh, I should say, before we start here, trigger warning. We're talking about trigger warnings, safe spaces, and self-deprecation culture. Uh, things that you might run into online. Uh, so joining me, I am Daily Wilhelm, Witch of the Wavelengths. Joining me today is the lovely Cora Wilson, your Druid of Despots, and the wonderful Matthew Yap, the Witch of the Speed Force. Hey. hey, we all have our names. We're all here in this safe space. <laughs> so a uh, little background, little definition. So what I found as a safe space definition uh, is that safe spaces are places or communities, either online or off, where bigotry and oppressive views are not tolerated. They are controlled environments, insofar as they can be, in which people can discuss certain issues and support one another. Usually safe spaces will focus on specific issues like sexism, racism, or trans antagonism. I was not going to pronounce that word right. <laughs> so safe spaces, I, I would typically think of as... I guess being where you're going to get kicked out instantly if you say something offensive. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I could see where some people could consider safe space. Like if you go into a classroom and they're like, oh, this is a safe space. If you, I feel like some people take the safe space literally where if you happen to say something like div diverts from even a little bit of like politically correct or just even super sensitive, then yeah. oh no, goodbye. Yeah. Which isn't, really isn't what a safe space is. No, it's not productive. Mm -mm. See, that's the argument a lot of people are making about safe spaces is that it's not productive in any way because it's essentially just an echo chamber of the same ideas over and over again. Mm -hmm. Or I like, I like what it was called a circle jerk. Because <laughs> uh, we're all just repeating the same thing and being yeah. like, we're really great for yeah. thinking, for having these opinions. And we're really uh, forward thinking, therefore. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I, I consider safe spaces a space where you're warned, you're told what's going to be talked about. And like, you're more so accepted for like, different ideas not like necessarily protected i feel like safe like there are different types of safe spaces right like there's a safe space for being protected from certain actual like really triggering actual ideas that might have happened to you but then there are safe spaces where you can go to talk about the really hard things you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've been in a safe space before which I felt like was basically a circle jerk it was just a bunch of people it was an LGBT safe space and I the original idea was that it was supposed to like go and discuss different issues within the community but it just kind of turned into like a, we're so much better than everyone who doesn't have these views and we're just really great and if you oh. disagree with us you're homophobic and transphobic and biphobic oh dang and I was Triple just threat. I was like man <laughs> everyone else sure is a mess we're doing great guys yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I think a lot of people fear when uh, universities, for example, say that they should be a safe space. Um, there's been a lot of controversy about that because I feel like college, when I went to college, I was like, oh my gosh, 
this isn't rural Indiana anymore. It's right. still rural Indiana, but there's yeah. more liberal people here. It's Muncie. Uh, so. it's right. not, yeah, it's not <laughs> controversial for me to say that I'm a feminist here mm-hmm. on campus as it would you be. You are? I gotta go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> too yeah. much for me. <laughs> Our feminism and nerdy stuff podcast. Welcome, Matt. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> did not know what you were getting into. I should have made a trigger warning. Thank so sorry. I, you really did. A, but... PW feminism. <laughs> but... And, like, universities also really serve as, like, kind of the first place for, like, an exchange of very different ideas because we all come from Mm -hmm. typically very different places. Well, the ancient idea of university was you went there to learn, to change your ideas, to uh, grasp new beliefs and new ideas. I feel like although some view the idea of safe spaces as a good thing others view the safe spaces as the basically destruction of that yeah molding because your college years often are the years that you really become and learn who you are and where you're gonna go like that's mm-hmm. where you find your core beliefs and like you know to me you don't really change them yeah unless something super big happens in your life after college because you're because you'll you're never gonna be on a on a campus like that again unless you work in one but i mean yeah we're all not gonna work on a campus <laughs> probably not, not all of us all of us would be being paid very little uh-huh. but yeah it's like you get two dollars there you go there you go <laughs> no i think that like the safe space that colleges should try to be is just that like like you said you can explore different mm-hmm. things without being harassed for your views so like you can say like i'm a feminist and mm-hmm. like people won't be like oh you're killing men yeah. But like I little background on my life. I grew up for a lot of my childhood in a trailer park, mm. which, you know, you can imagine the folks who live in trailer parks, not to stereotype because I was one of them, but they're not the <laughs> most like ex- ex- accepting bunch. But it was really hard for me because I didn't have a place to like explore. Uh, being a gay child was in, in rural Indiana was not super easy. And I feel like once I got to college, I was able to, like, deal with that more in, like, a healthy environment where I knew there was at least people around like me. And even now, like, I'm dealing with the idea of, like, maybe I'm bisexual and I can, like, explore that without things getting, like, hateful or anything like that. So it's good to have that, but I feel like the problem runs into when you start to tell people, like, you have to think like this. Like, it's not great. Yeah, that's that's how I've kind of felt about, like, the idea of much less, I guess, quote unquote, safe spaces, like maybe rural hometown in Indiana. It's like, if you think about it, it's kind of like a reverse safe space because it's like all their conservative ideas are safe and they're Mm -hmm. unquestioned. Whereas when they move out into the world, like in a university setting, Mm -hmm. then that becomes unsafe for those particular Mm -hmm. ideas. So it really depends on what side of uh, the spectrum that you're on. So I guess it's what views you have. Yeah, whether or it's or how open-minded you are, really. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people, you know, that do come to university often are more open-minded. But you run into <clears throat> that small percentage of people who come to college and they're just like, no. I'm never going to change my mind. This is what I believe. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, with some beliefs, like, yeah, be confident in your beliefs. But others, you're just like, but, you know, doing, like, conversion therapy and, like, you know, testing <laughs> yeah. on animals and, and all this. No. People I'm going to come to college and stay racist. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. excited. <laughs> <laughs> when, so you know you, you should come to college to be able to change your beliefs but you know also be able to have a space where you can explore them yeah and i think and like like we've said you know that that should be the safe space i feel it 
I feel it. I like this a lot. <laughs> um, these are all things that the writer, uh, John J. Ellison, PhD, the dean of the students in the college of, I like the college, uh, it's the college of, it's the University of Chicago, but they preface everything with just saying the college the in really college. fancy font. So uh, <laughs> that's what I'm referring to when I say the college. It's the only one. The only college. So um, Mr. or rather Dr. Ellison sent out this uh, letter to incoming freshmen of the class of 2020 uh, just kind of warning about safe Wait, spaces. Wait, why 2020? It's not even 2017. It's like me, like the freshman, weird class of 2020. Gosh, I feel old. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm class of 2018. So. I'm just, yeah. a, I'm just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and life is a nightmare. I'm just a kid. True. <laughs> but uh, so I'll, I'll read some of this letter. Um, skipping around. Uh, once here you will discover that one of the University of Chicago's defining characteristics is our commitment to freedom of inquiry and expression. This is captured in the university's faculty report on freedom of expression. Members of our community are encouraged to speak, write, listen, challenge, and learn without fear of censorship. Civility and mutual respect are vital to all of us, and freedom of expression does not mean the freedom to harass or threaten other students. You will find that we expect members of our community to be engaged in rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. At times, this may challenge you and even cause you discomfort. Our commitment to academic freedom means that we do not support so-called trigger warnings. We do not cancel invited speakers because their topics might prove controversial. Mm. And we do not condone the creation of intellectual safe spaces where individuals uh, can re retreat from ideas and perspectives at odds with their own. Fostering the freedom of exchange of ideas reinforces a related university priority, building a campus that welcomes people of all backgrounds. Diversity of opinion and background is a fundamental strength of our community, and members of our community must have the freedom to espouse and explore a wide range of ideas. So I thought it was interesting how it said retreating from ideas that might threaten their own, at odds with their own um, because it's that's an odd choice yeah. of words. Yeah, at odds with their own. It's that's kind of essentially what I guess a safe space is. But usually, when referring to a safe space, we're talking about other people's ideas that reject the existence mm -hmm. of other yeah. people or the right of other people to live their lives the way they are. Like, I think he's interpreting the idea of a safe space as a space where you do not have to hear any ideas opposed to your own. Right. Which some spa some spaces that say they're safe spaces do that, yeah. But in all reality, current safe spaces are merely a space where if, like, in your day-to-day -day life, like, you know, you can't say that you're pagan or you can't say that you're of the LGBT community or you can't say that you're this or that, at the end of the day, you have a space with people that are supportive and there for you that you can go to and freely be right. who you are. And and I feel like he's interpreting safe spaces as merely just a space that you go in, like, basically like a beige room that you go in, you lock the door. It's and beige. <laughs> I like the specific detail. <laughs> it's beige with, like, concrete floor, like, we, the weird fluorescent lights up top. Of course. And you have one key, and the only way you can lock it is from the inside. Like, I feel yeah. like that's how he's interpreting yeah. what, what we do when we want safe spaces. Yeah. I, I feel like it goes along with, like, the idea of, like, that uh, 
people are being coddled then when they're yeah. demanding mm-hmm. safe spaces. They're like, la la la, I can't hear you. You can't mm-hmm. tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. But I think for the most part, when we're talking about safe spaces, it's not whether someone's right or wrong. It's yeah. whether someone feels comfortable where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is just basic for everyone. Everyone should be feel comfortable in a conversation with someone. Um, they might be angry because it's like, no, my ship is better than yours. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Um, but that's not going to like threaten their existence yeah. as a human yeah. being. Uh, like, yeah. I feel like with the idea of safe spaces and trigger warnings, it'd be kind of like if you went into, say, a women in gender studies class as like a male and you go into this class and, you know, mall for freedom of expression. But if you're constantly being berated by the female professor that, well, women are better, you know, feminism is good. You should always be a feminist. If you're not a feminist, then you're trash, blah, blah. Like, I think that's sort of where we're coming with the whole safe space and idea thing. Like, it's it's great to have opinions that are opposed to your own. But when you start to feel uncomfortable in a space where you're, in, especially in a learning environment, like, that's that's where people are wanting the whole safe space and warn us about you know what what to expect yeah yeah Yeah. uh when the freshman class at our like orientation thing we had a speaker and she talked about a little bit about uh safe spaces i can't remember her name but she talked about how when someone has an opinion that rivals yours or something like that don't like kind of like he said don't retreat back she said to lean into their opinions and i feel like that's what safe spaces could be is like leaning into other people's opinions hearing them but doing it in an environment where it's not hostile yeah yeah that's a good word hostile where Uh, you know that if if you do have a disagreement you can be mature civil and learn from it even if at the end of the day you still don't change your opinion right Mm -hmm. you can still learn like okay i have more perspective on on why they think that yeah because safe spaces can be useful because, like, when you do get hostile, like we said, people get, like, defensive and they don't hear each other's opinions. So if you are in a space mm-hmm. where you know everyone's going to be mature, you kind of are more willing to, like, listen and see other perspectives. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it. Uh, so I feel like the world obviously isn't a safe space. Like, nah. that's just the reality. <laughs> nah. But no. uh, in the outside world, outside of college campuses, outside of online communities, we can still preface things uh, to make people more comfortable by adding trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's kind of still a debate about trigger warnings and I'm kind of on either side a little bit because trigger warnings I think are important especially when dealing with not necessarily controversial issues but issues that might bring up something harmful mm-hmm. in another person mm-hmm. um, which can be anything that's true Um but at the same time, how often do we need to be looking out? Do we need to be considering, oh, I'm going to say something about this. I should <laughs> warn people about that. Um, and does that then encumber what I'm allowed to say? It's a, it is it is a weird idea, trigger warnings, because I'm sort of the same way. I'm sort of like, yeah, you know, you should warn people what you're talking about. But then I almost feel like... You know, in this day and age, by the time you finish your list of trigger warnings, you've already gone like halfway through your time to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And, you know, I feel like in some in some instances for graphic and 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 obscene sort of more on the harder edge of the spectrum, definitely be like, you know, I'm about to talk about, you know, say like rape or, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, nudity or, you know, this type of gory thing or whatever. Um, There might be mentions of this thing. But 
trigger warning like small objects small like smaller ideas like on the less edgy mm-hmm. like spectrum yeah. I feel is getting a bit more obscene and I understand that people can be triggered especially with PTSD by certain things but I I don't know I don't want to say that you know they should just deal with it that's very insensitive but like I said having to warn every single time is excessive excessive yeah superfluous because I feel as if people especially i use the example of ptsd they eventually start to get better like Mm -hmm. through their own means or through therapy if you know they have access to it and eventually they they do learn to cope with the idea and i know the warning does help but at the same time it it is it is excessive at times yeah yeah so my first ever encounter with what i would call a trigger warning is like tags in fanfic right mm-hmm. uh because like i'm not going to read a fan fiction where suddenly one half of the couple is going to die midway through i'm not i'm not in it for that mm-hmm. i don't want to oh, hurt I myself sure like that oh my gosh <laughs> but uh so i want that tagged in yeah. the description mm-hmm. i want it tagged if there's something non-consensual happening because i'm not cool with that or mm-hmm. i want it tagged if there's some specific detail that might squick someone out i love that word I, I have never squick? used that outside of like a fandom thing though what, so what is squick? squick squick is like kind of a step below <laughs> triggering it's uh-huh. like that squicks me out that weirds me out i don't Whoa. like that it makes me very uncomfortable it, yeah but okay like it doesn't i wouldn't say that it would trigger me though i love that word uh, yeah. yeah squicky Squick. something squicky <laughs> pretty squicky man <laughs> pretty squicky man <laughs> that's the title of this episode <laughs> pretty, pretty squicky, squicky man. man but uh but then in fan fictions it's one thing but what if that were a standard for fiction in general for TV mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. would that then ruin aspects of plot and what have you because you already know <laughs> right it, there's a trigger warning for rape yeah. on here so at some point the only female main character is probably <laughs> going to be raped at some point well, I like, feel like you, that's why yeah. at the beginning they have that viewer discretion is advised like say you're watching Dexter, you know some per- like you're gonna see blood and gore and like mm-hmm. yeah. really really violent weird things. Oh, yeah. So like I think that's that's basically the trigger warning is hey, viewer discretion advised. It might be graphic. You might not like it. Yeah. Here's an hour yeah. of show. Yeah, is that detailed enough though? Yeah, I'll say because that's the thing. A lot of them like there is like a thing that says sexual violence, but that could mean like a lot of things. And like you said, like it doesn't necessarily mean that like someone's gonna get raped and it it could be triggering like it's not a ton of detail especially since you usually don't pay attention to those mm-hmm. things anyways yeah. uh, so like i i kind of agree that like no it's not necessarily enough detail but i'm also with you daily that like it, we can't like have the whole plot line right here it's yeah problematic i don't, don't want to be told what's going to happen i want to be surprised like usually the things that i'm watching with horror aspects i'm wanting to be shocked but uh at the same time if something traumatic had happened to me in the past and I wouldn't want to face that again when I'm sitting down trying to be entertained by something right. uh, that's like counterintuitive here. But yeah, it's it's just kind of hard whether or not to, can you tag real life? Can you put trigger warnings on also, life? Is it the responsibility of the uh, person like 
putting out the content or the person looking for the content? Because if a person knows that they're triggered by, you know, X, Y, and Z, should it be their responsibility to look out and try to avoid certain things that they know Mm -hmm. will have these ideas like you know say it's like knives guns and gore like yeah you're not going to go watch a horror film because like 90 percent of the time there's going to be a gun or gore or or knives and so does it like is it like a 50 50 responsibility is it more on the responsibility of the person putting out the content or is it more of the responsibility of the person who has these triggers that's a good question. <laughs> I personally, I can't handle, I get, I get triggered when uh, I can't do like slashed wrists and things uh-huh. like that. Um, and so I, IMBD has a great thing called the parent's guide. I'm not a parent, but it has. <laughs> you parent ev- yourself. I parent myself. Take <laughs> care of me. Uh, it has like everything that happens like violence wise. And so I, since I don't want to be spoiled, I usually have someone who doesn't care. I'm like, hey, can you just check this real quick and see if it says anything about slashing, like slashed wrists. And if it does, then I just don't watch the thing. And if it doesn't, then like, hey, great. I got to watch a horror movie. So yeah. like, I kind of feel like you almost since the world won't cater to you you almost have to like take care of yourself Mm -hmm. i feel that i feel that i really like that there's a thing on imbd for that that's really nice because usually you wouldn't expect that to be on imbd so yeah it has like all the violence all the like sexual things in it like Mm -hmm. also profanity if you don't like that it'll tell you everything they say g willikers g will no (laughs) no no yeah but uh so there's this comic that I really liked about, I don't know if you guys uh, checked it out, about trigger warnings mm-hmm. in like real life situations. So mm-hmm. beyond television, beyond film, um, especially in college settings, because oftentimes what we wind up talking about isn't all that great, especially if we're talking about like history. Right. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Wonderful things have genocide. happened in the past. Yeah, genocide. Um, <laughs> So it's about uh, this girl who has a past experience in being in uh, hospitalized for suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so hospitals trigger her, like images of that. So at some point in one of her classes the next year, um, they didn't say anything about the video that they were about to show, but they said it was featured for sterilization in mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. And that was very triggering for her. So she was talking about how all it would have taken was there might be some material that will make you uncomfortable in this film. If you need to leave, do it. Mm-hmm. Right. I've had that happen yeah. in a couple classes, too, where they've been like, so there's we're going to be talking about uh, sexual violence in my PFW class, mm-hmm. which is the very basic class that all freshmen have to take mm-hmm. at some point. Um, I took it last semester, though, so I, I waited. It. But uh, at some point... They will be talking about uh, sexual violence and uh, sexual assault, and they'll say, so we're going to be talking about some perhaps triggering things. So if you need to leave, absolutely. If you need to go now, do it. And that just feels like the extra little bit of nice because, like, yeah. you know, that's that's really all it takes is, yeah. you know, it's it's like, you know, hey, we might talk about some hard stuff if you need to go. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that gives permission to people so they're not going to feel like, oh, I'm like weirdly running out of class. Yeah, yeah. Causing a scene. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't give them this weird like you know how when someone enters class late and everyone's like, Oh my god <sighs> and everyone moves and instantly. just stares at you. Yeah. It gives them a way out that people that if people see them getting up and like leaving, they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, 
teacher says that they could go it's okay right. yeah pay attention to you know whatever they're watching yeah it it feels like it takes some of that responsibility off mm-hmm. of the person because mm-hmm. it's not like oh now i'm going to have to explain myself later right. and then that might just be triggering all over again yeah. so you don't want to look bad in front of the professor like running out on your lecture like yeah. it's just it's easier yeah but you don't want to be sitting in class freaking out <sighs> yeah. yeah uh fun times so i don't know some discussions like that i think should have trigger warnings on them but i'm very i don't know how to feel about yeah. when it comes to media because i love being surprised yeah. by things mm-hmm. i i mean i really love uh hannibal which is one of the most probably yeah. triggering shows yeah. there could be <laughs> Um, but they, you know, they have the typical TV warnings Mm -hmm. and you have to take those into account and I guess go on IMBD further if you need to know. parent settings. That's really cool, uh, resource for people out there. And also with media, people have the option to turn it off. Like if it starts to become uncomfortable or they start to feel triggered, like they, they can turn it off and like... Like with the lecture thing, like, you know, they did their, the presenter did the, um, their part by saying, hey, stuff might make you uncomfortable, you can leave. And then, then it comes onto the responsibility of the trigger E, um, if you will, of if they see something, they can leave. They know they can leave. Mm -hmm. They, they can leave. They're not being forced. It's not like they're being tied down to the chair and being told, no, we have to talk about this triggering thing. Because that's triggering in itself. Don't tie me down. So with, (laughs) with media, with media, with consent. Yeah. So with media, you know, if you're watching Hannibal and you happen to be triggered by anything that's in Hannibal, you can power off the TV. You can shut out, shut down your computer. You can, Mm -hmm. you know, because in the beginning they did say, hey, so uh, this is pretty graphic. Um, enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> enjoy how graphic this is. Basically and the beginning of every Hannibal episode. Pretty much. Shrug. But, uh, so, I'm glad you brought up being able to, like, turn something off and mm-hmm. walk away from it. Because that's always the debate about cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, just turn off the computer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh. Yeah. It goes a little beyond that. That's, so that's, that's a, I forget that's who deeper. it was. Some celebrity... Tr- tweeted one time he was like there's no such thing as cyberbullying man you just shut your eyes move that mouse screen like you can do <laughs> shut it shut your eyes i like, <laughs> like that don't don't turn it off like keep doing your what eyes. you're doing <laughs> don't keep look. your eyes shut do not look at the screen well, and, and people always bring up the debate of well there's always a block button i'm like yeah and then there are petty <laughs> people <laughs> it's okay that um <laughs> that will create account after account to get after you i'm so sorry yeah no you're i haven't good. podcasted in forever hey, so we you got know, we got a bleep button my my podcast my podcast filter it good it it's good. a bit trigger dusty. warning trigger warning <laughs> cora's profanity <laughs> cora slipped up <laughs> it good but uh yeah that's we've talked about uh, Twitter so many times on this podcast and just the fact mm-hmm. that you can't get away from it. People no. are going to if they want to send you rape threats, they're going to oh, find absolutely. a way to send you rape threats tweet, and tweet. they do over and over again. <laughs> so, like you fun. said, it's so like quick and easy to make a new account. You block them, they'll make a new one in two seconds just yeah. to send you like hate. I ha- I once had a personal story. I once had a, a guy who was trying to tell me what my religion was so I blocked him on Facebook. He then proceeded to make six more accounts 
just to tell me <sighs> I was still wrong, even though I was like, so I'm done. I'm wrong. I'm never talking to you again. It's a good Six... thing he knew more about your religion than <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, by the way, you're still wrong. <laughs> I needed to tell you that. You needed to know that. Like, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. People online, they, they abuse the power of online. Absolutely. The internet in general. It's a very powerful thing, and there's very little responsibility, it feels like, to it. So, going along with that, um, it's often argued that, like, fandoms should be safe spaces. Fandoms usually are better able to, like, use trigger warnings Mm -hmm. about, like, we were talking about fan fiction, Mm -hmm. like, just preface that real quick. But uh, fandoms are very often accused of being like echo chamber circle jerks yeah where yeah. it's just like everyone is shipping the same thing everyone is saying that this headcanon is mm-hmm. real when and then other people who have different opinions mm-hmm. like them all two fandoms that come to mind fire. are uh dragon ball z fandom and supernatural fandom supernatural fandom super toxic yeah. um <laughs> like if you disagree that castiel and dean are not a thing um, you're you're like the epitome of awful, like in my experience. Yeah. No, because because yeah. like I like I like seeing like Dean and Cass on like Supernatural, like the fandom, like on Tumblr and everything. But like, do I think that you know they should be together? No, but like, Cora, oh my god, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, get out you of here. Have so personally offended me. Get out. We're so I upset. I'm going to the make Coven podcast. six different. Accounts so that I can tell you how <laughs> wrong, wrong you are right now. Like about you know, Destiel. I don't, I, you know, I don't ship Destiel. Like, but like apparently, I am awful for that. And yeah. like, if uh, I've run into <laughs> <You are. laughs> like, with no Dragon arguments. Ball with Dragon Ball Z, um, if you think that uh, the like uh, Goku is better than like when people think that Goku is better than than Vegeta, which you know he, he's not, but um. If I, if you state if you state that uh, Vegeta is better than Goku, you are the epitome of awful, <laughs> because Goku is that star character. Yeah. So like, even though there's the safe spaces within the fandom, people take it very literally. Yeah. yeah. It's really awful. It makes safe spaces yeah. look really, really bad. Yeah. I I write fan fiction for commission, and one time a young lady asked me to write uh, fan fiction for the Hunger Games about Prim and Gale, which was a weird combo I've never oh. heard. Yeah, hmm. and huh. I just very politely, I was like, um, I don't write like underage like characters, especially not with older age ones. Like I was like, that's just like a preference, yeah. I don't do that. But hey, y- you do you. do you. And I was told that I was being extremely offensive because the she said the Phantom is a safe space and I can ship whoever I want. And like she got very upset with me for not writing her like, child pornography <laughs> i uh, mean how old was prim when she was 12 she'll say she was 12 because it was her first year Guys. Yeah. and gail was gail was uh like what 17 17 18 yeah. yeah i think 18 because it was the last year in the thing yeah i do not ship prale prale yeah, is my no, no i never heard of that as a thing prale. and i was like i'm not doing this please prale stop like a cheap grim? knockoff of pringles grim. Grim. grim's better grim mm. I don't want to ship this. I, I don't <laughs> want it to have a name. I don't, I don't need a name. Yeah. Because that is definitely a thing I've run into where people have been like, my like weird, I don't want to straight up say weird, but my potentially bad beliefs are mm-hmm. safe because I'm within the fandom. Like, So people who are like, 
I really love non-con fics where yes. yeah. someone gets raped. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, yeah. not wow, cool. not, mm, I'm going to say not cool yeah. in my opinion, <laughs> but that's just my opinion. But I'm not allowed to have that yeah. within right. a fandom, I guess. I'm not allowed to say that's bad. Fandoms <laughs> have like pushed this idea that they're such a safe space that you can literally have any type of weird belief in that fandom and no one will judge you. But and it's if not they judge safe you, to oppose. And, yeah. and if they judge you, they are being offensive and like triggering and awful. Like, you know, like I, I don't even know. Like in fandom, if like you're a fan of reading the non, the non-con, like, you know, like people getting raped and like, like pulled apart and like all that stuff. Like, I, I don't want that. No. I don't. I don't want any of that to exist. If right. like I really like these characters, like I don't know. No, these are not good ideas to have. Yeah. I'm sorry. I must. I must open the door of your beige room. Space. <laughs> the beige room again. <laughs> it's not even decorated. <laughs> it's just an empty the floor, beige room. The floor's dirty. The no. There's no knob. There's the lock. But then, okay, so I found an entire Tumblr called Fandom is Not Your Safe Space. 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 <laughs> Space. It's not that either. That mm, URL was taken. Yeah, that URL was taken. That squicks me. But, uh, yeah, That's super squicky. squicky. But squicky I like the room. description. Um, <laughs> a blog by a fandom old, in air quotes, or actual quotes. <laughs> I put air quotes up, though. Uh that rebutes ship-shaming and kink-shaming nonsense by snot-nosed brats and bullies getting their first taste of social justice, as well as bullies who have been around the block a while. You are not as progressive, brave, or righteous as you think you are. Oh. Well. Yeah. I take offense to that. Yeah, I take offense to that. You're impeding on my safe space fan blog. It's just essentially being like, you can't kink-shame people. Kink shaming uh, is just a weird kink shame. Okay, I, I hate, okay, I, hate I get, the term. I get when people are like kink shaming to like, oh, I think it's gross that you like to do anything other than missionary, <laughs> like. But after that, if you say, oh, I think I don't think it's a good thing, like you know what Donald Trump recently was accused of doing. Like the golden shower thing. Like, I don't think it's kink shaming to be like, that's a little weird. Yeah. People, again, it's like people are entitled to their opinions as long as I think they don't like be like, well, it's my opinion that I am better than you, that I am better than you. Or it's like my opinion that Hitler wasn't wrong. Like (laughs) there's a line drawn here very clearly (laughs) when your opinion disrespects someone's existence entirely right. or like yeah like on the hitler note like if i love this podcast like, so much if you say if you say that you know it is it is the correct and right and none other no other opinion is is correct to say that you know what happened to the jews was was right like like that's disrespectful to like a religion a group of people history like survivors like yeah that is the that is the type of opinion that should be like no the nazis were not right and hitler was not right either Yeah. yeah no and like you said like you do whatever you want in the bedroom, but you have to be prepared for some people to be like, oh, that's a little, like, I ran yeah. into a blog one time that literally, like, it was just, like, people fantasizing and, like, role-playing as, like, s- like being sold into sex slavery, and I was like, this this isn't cool, like, 
not a fun that happened in history i was like not a fun thing like this is not a fun role-playing thing this is what like ha- happens to people but you can't just be like oh no it's my kink like let me have it like you, you, you gotta take a little shame sometimes yeah. yeah like you know some some kinks are shameful right you yeah. know like if you're doing that then uh, be prepared for some people to be like oh that's kind of that's yeah. not that's i not have cool. a flash kink and like i accept people's judgment for it. <laughs> i don't think a flash kink disrespects anyone's <laughs> existence all right. As far as I know, Solid. anyway, at this point. Uh, yeah, so, and I mean, the thing is, is that usually people are trying to keep that to themselves, their strange, weird kink, but then we have communities where it's apparently much more accepting, like Tumblr. That's oh, where you're going to find the weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, also, a very adult yeah. website um, that they had started called FetLife. You can be, like, super anonymous on there and be like, I like to do all of the weird things. And no one knows who you are unless you tell them. Yeah. But they're normally in the community, and there are rules of like the weird communities. I say weird because I don't know what other like word to use, but like within those communities, unconventional. It's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's taboo <laughs> to like quote out people who have like the taboo. Yeah. Things that they like to do. Like one weird thing is that people there are people that like like to dress up as like horses and do it that way <laughs> and so cool. but within that community <laughs> within that community it's really taboo and like you get blacklisted if you go out to people and they're like say you know tina right <laughs> well tina likes to dress up as a horse <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not cool <laughs> tina's privacy yeah be... tina deserves to be a horse <laughs> in the privacy of her own home she does tina deserves to be private so like so like within within these fandom communities and like these other communities, like it's sort of I think that's where also the safe space goes into. I'm sorry, I'm I'm hung up on the fact that I named her Tina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I picked Tina. Um, sorry to everyone named Tina. <laughs> we are not outing you. <laughs> no. And if if you do, it's cool. Like do you respect it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's like the whole taboo of like don't out people if you know you do that. Right. Yeah. I, I believe in that. I believe in respecting other people and respect their boundaries. Tina, man. Respect Tina. Respect, <laughs> Tina. respect <laughs> Tina. So, uh, but I think Tumblr mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of rules to no. it at all about whether or not people respect uh, each other. And sometimes I think maybe like whether or not people respect themselves. So one of the main posts you're going to see on tumblr these days are they're hilarious i love them so much but self-deprecating posts oh, yeah. uh i have a couple examples here like winks at my reflection in the mirror reflection walks away <laughs> <laughs> me trips me gets back up because trash on the floor is not good for the environment. <laughs> oh, no. that was way too loud for the mic i'm sorry oh. Or, I like this one a lot. 50% of my jokes are self-deprecating and 50% are self-congratulatory. Like, I'll say, wow, it's hot in here, just like me. And five seconds later, I'll point at a trash can and say, me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you're going to hate yourself in the morning if you stay up late. Joke's on you. I'm going to hate myself in the morning no matter what. <laughs> I pre-blocked that. <laughs> oh, God. I remember that. But I think I saw that yesterday. God. And I re-blogged it. I may be trash, but I'm high quality trash, like premium trash, grade A trash, like the kind of trash your mom would be like, should this be in the recycling? <laughs> yeah, I'm that kind of trash. 
Oh, God. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. So if you feel like incomplete and ineffective, <laughs> claps. <laughs> 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 when you use self-deprecating humor as a coping method to hide the fact that you are really insecure. Too real. Yeah. Too real. No laughs. Okay, that is kind of the term that I've run into the most, like, too real. <laughs> Things too real. are too real. So I don't know. Like, we had a... F- Previous episode of Button Mash where uh, people talked about, uh, it was Duffy and Jake specifically, talked about the self-deprecating culture of Mm -hmm. Tumblr and whether or not that's okay for, like, the 14-year-olds that are getting a Tumblr for the first time and running into, oh, this is, like, the opinion that I should have of myself. Like, as hilarious as these posts are, I do have to wonder, is that a good emotional state to be in is that a good way to express yourself i think it Mm. depends really entirely on the person like some days like i will laugh and be like yeah i am like weeb trash or yeah i am i am tumblr (laughs) trash because i'm on this website that does just like all this all this stuff and i feel like it depends on the confidence of the person like there are days where like i'm super confident and like i can laugh at myself and by laughing at myself it like shields me from all the awful people that are actually saying that oh well you are actual trash yeah (laughs) or something i don't know i haven't run into that in a while trash Um, is the preferred word i'm fine yeah (laughs) trash um but like you know other days it's oh i am trash like (laughs) 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 but like i feel i feel like it depends on the person and their confidence and like what's going on with them i don't necessarily think that I, I'm not going to be influenced by someone else on yeah. Tumblr, of all places. Of all places. <laughs> no, I I am awful about self-deprecating humor because I I hate myself. Just oh. wonder, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Is it a joke? Who knows? Yeah. But there's like six pictures of me on Twitter from high school where I would just like sit down next to a trash can and take a picture and be like twinning, and I'd post on Twitter and it would get like <laughs> oh. get like thirty favorites, and I'm like, thanks guys. <laughs> But, like, I I use it as a coping mechanism <laughs> because I don't know how to deal with things. And I'm like, oh, man, I sure do feel awful about myself. Better laugh about it. Because, like, then at least you're laughing and you can pretend it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's nice sometimes to be like, ha, 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 I sure do hate myself. But look at the laughter. It's fine. Well, yeah. I feel like laughing, I, I feel like a skill. Well, I grew up being told that if you can laugh at yourself it's a lot easier to take criticism Mm -hmm. right so it's like okay well if i can laugh at the fact that i am sucking at this one particular thing then it almost gives me more confidence to like go at the thing and not suck as bad right and like the self like sometimes yeah the self-deprecation comes from actual like oh i really hate this about myself but it's like i said it's almost like a shield yeah Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is what I wonder. Is it more for oneself, like being able to laugh at yourself and making things lighter from that being like, oh, wow, I didn't get any assignments in. I should just turn myself in the trash (laughs) uh, where I belong. But like something like that um, and being able to laugh at that for yourself. Or is that kind of also for other people to be like, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's funny that I'm not in a good place right now because like one of these posts like friend hey are you okay me yeah why would you ask that 
Me, flashes back to never-ending self-deprecating jokes. Me, remembers posting about welcoming death's sweet embrace. Me, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. No, right. I, I started, uh, after I got like really depressed and kind of suicidal, fun Matt yet backstories, I started using like self-deprecating humor because people were uncomfortable around me and they yeah. didn't know what to say. And so I felt like the best way to handle the topics was just to make a joke about it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like something would go wrong, be like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Wait, I already tried. Ha, ha, ha. And people would laugh and it made them a little more comfortable with the situation. Yeah. Like, because I've run into that, that problem too with a lot of my friends. Like, when you say something very deep and very just like so like serious, they just kind of look at you because it's just so shocking. And some people don't have the ability to be to be wholly empathetic in that moment mm-hmm. because of their shock. So it's so much easier to, to just be like, oh, well, I better kill myself, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then it's easier through laughter to like laugh about it and be like, but seriously, are you okay? Like, It's easier to talk after the laugh than just like after the initial shock of, I want to kill myself. Well, um... <laughs> yeah. How about more jokes? Of a pause there than yeah. like after the laughter fades and it's like, no, seriously, are you okay today? Yeah. Like I, I totally get that as more of like an easing in mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of situation. That makes sense. But uh I mentioned fourteen year olds on Tumblr because that's the only people who are on Tumblr and they have very angry opinions. <laughs> uh these so fourteen angry. year olds. But fourteen year olds are so angry. It's sad really. <laughs> how can how can such young people have such like angry opinions so about rage. everything? To be because, fair, we were all there. Like yeah. I was super angry. I was really chill at fourteen. Oh. I was rage and hatred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, speaking of rage and hatred, my sister, no, she's <laughs> lovely, no, uh, so my sister has gotten into Tumblr, she is 15, um, and at one point, like, I used to read her, like, the self-deprecating jokes off of Tumblr, and then mm-hmm. one day she, like, said one about herself, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, don't you're think great, you're, you're perfect, so, like, part of me is, like, is this, yeah, is it more a generational thing? Because adults do not, <laughs> no. like, when I say adults, like, we're adults here, but, like, oh, people in their 30s do not understand self-deprecating humor. They're like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Yeah, right. like, they like they see it as more of a, the signs to look for when someone's about to commit suicide, the signs of depression, the signs, and, like, when they see or hear that, they're immediately like, do you need Panic, help? Yeah. Do you need a counselor? Do you need a therapist? Do you need to talk about it? And you're just like, no, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I'm just making a joke. And <clears throat> they don't, I, I see it in their faces sometimes, like like older people, like they're just, they don't, they don't get it. They're just like, yeah. why, why would you talk bad about yourself and laugh right. about it? That doesn't make sense. Why don't you love yourself more? And it's like, no, I do love myself. This is, yeah. this is just a thing I do. Right. Yeah. It might. It probably is like an actual problem because we really have created kind of like a generation of like, it's funny to hate yourself. Yeah. yeah. And like people make the jokes and maybe we should be a little more concerned when someone yeah. says something like that, but we really just, we're just like, ha, ah, it happens. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's happened so recently. There's no like, we can't see long-term effects mm-hmm. of encouraging like being down on yourself versus being self-congratulatory, which I love posts that are like just needlessly self-congratulatory. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I cleaned the windows today. These windows are sparkling. You can see my sparkling face through them. Like, stuff like that. I love that. But admittedly, 
a lot of times like a post like I'm not like other girls. I'm much worse. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. It's like a really genuine laugh that happens. Yeah. Um, because I also feel like with self-deprecating humor, it's almost so obscene sometimes that you just have to laugh like right. that. It's like I'm not like other girls. It's taking this cliche yeah. and just being like I'm much worse. And it's like it's something you don't expect. <laughs> self-deprecating humor is so unexpected, and it like. It is. I did genuinely laugh because it, it's just it's a cliche and it's 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 funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess we we just don't know yet how this is going to affect people. I, I know for my sister, who's six years younger than me, um, I'm like, just don't take it like mm-hmm. very seriously to heart being mm-hmm. in that community where everyone is talking yeah. poorly about themselves. That doesn't translate instantly to they actually factually really, really hate themselves. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you can do both. You can yeah. be like one day be like, God, I'm trash. And mm-hmm. then the next day be like, look at my sparkling face, peasants. <laughs> you should be yeah. rejoicing in the fact that I graced you with my presence. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe in being either or whenever you feel like you need to. Mm-hmm. But right. I, think, I think then it becomes a little bit concerning when it's 100% all the time. Because... You wonder where the line is for, like, should I be asking about this when my friend is saying these things? We, I don't know where the line is. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like when you, um, if you know somebody, like, if you truly know somebody, now online it's a little bit different, but, you know, with the internet, you can make, like, online friends pretty easily. But I feel like if you truly know somebody, you can see the line between their self-deprecation and their actual for real I hate myself posts. Yeah. Like if you post like something like an example, I told my boyfriend the other day, you know what I think? I think I'm that Pokemon that dresses up as a Pikachu to try to get people to love it. And, <laughs> and I think I'm a Mimikyu. And he just laughed and he was like, you're not a Mimikyu. You're an actual Pikachu. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like a Mimikyu. So it's like, but I, I didn't actually feel bad. It's just, I thought of that. And I was like, you know what? Some people feel like a Mimikyu some days. Some people feel like a Pikachu. And, but like I told that to another friend who didn't really know me that well and immediately because they were into Pokemon they were like are you okay like you don't actually think you're that bad of a person right so I feel like the line is hard to see when you don't know somebody Mm -hmm. but when you know somebody you can be like oh no you're a Pikachu such a pure conversation (laughs) (laughs) you're not a Mimikyu you're a Pikachu although I do I gotta say I love Mimikyus too they're yeah, really I, I, I love Mimikyu's. Yeah. They're adorable, but like some people really honestly don't like Mimikyu's. Some people are wrong. You know? Some people are <laughs> some wrong. Some people are wrong. Yeah. Some people like, need to get out of my safe, beige room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my beige room with the single Mimikyu poster on the wall. <laughs> they finally decorated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is something I just literally just now ran into and didn't really have as like a topic to talk about but here's one post uh it's a really cute dog that's saying your self-deprecation is exhausting for us all (laughs) that's another aspect i never really considered um sounds like my parents yeah tired of self-deprecation i feel like it could probably get to a point yeah if you do it all the time yeah yeah, like, I, I have to take breaks from Tumblr sometimes. I generally try to take breaks from Tumblr because it's Tumblr. Like, a lot yeah. at once is not mm-hmm. good for you. Uh, but sometimes I feel like those breaks are triggered, uh, fun word of the day, uh, <laughs> by just running into post after mm-hmm. post about someone talking about 
how terrible they are and how sad they are Mm -hmm. and like that there should be a community there should be a safe space safe space i uh, say space (laughs) safe place place. uh for people to be able to talk about that but i guess from the outside looking in when you don't know that person it's maybe a different thing Mm -hmm. maybe it's like okay okay we Mm -hmm. get it Mm -hmm. we're all trash (laughs) please say something not about trash (laughs) Talking about Mimi Q or something. Talk about Mimi Q. Let's talk about Mimi Q. But I don't. I don't know. I think it's definitely what people relate to the most right now. Yeah. Um. And does that say something about like the world's this generation's self-esteem? It's uh, almost like we didn't get enough like free trophies. We more. <laughs> when we didn't even want them. I had so many baseball trophies. I never wanted any of them. Like that whole free trophy thing. I didn't want the participation plaque. I never, I never, okay. People talk about these free trophies and everything. I never got just free trophies. Almost like, I think when I got a little bit older, I got like some like medals of like, Mm. oh, hey, you participated. Yeah. But like I, in all the sports I played from like five years old to 18 before I came to college and you know, I, I sucked apparently. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I always won the trophies. Even if like I came in second place in like a travel tournament or anything, they were just like, oh, hey, you're second. Good job, way to go. Yeah. And like you took a picture, but yeah. like, to like commemorate, but like I never got a free trophy. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, like, I saw something once where someone was talking about, well, you know, like millennials, they all, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets a trophy. And it's like, when you look at like people now in, or then whenever we were kids, Mm -hmm. it was not for the kids. That trophy was not for the kids. It was for the parents. Oh, absolutely. Because then they're going to get angry if their kid doesn't have a trophy. Because then they'd be like, well, well, you know, Donna, my my child got a trophy. How many does yours have? Oh, only five? Well, mine has 12. Donna is such a mom name. Donna Donna is a mom (laughs) name. That was great. Sorry. I'm picking the greatest names today. (laughs) (laughs) Tina and Donna. (laughs) But no, I'm with you. I didn't do sport. I did show choir. And if you did not get grand champion, you got nothing. Yeah. You failed. Like, you got the title. It was still there. Right. Like, we finished second at this competition, but we didn't get anything for it. Yeah. Like, if you didn't win, you didn't win. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the idea that, you know, like, millennials have it all. I don't feel like I have it all. And that's probably the baby boomers saying this to (laughs) to us is is probably why we're so self-deprecating because like well apparently we suck so I've much i've never heard anything good about my generation from right? older generations i've yeah. never i've never heard anything good so it's like are we the ones that like cultivated the self-deprecation or was it the baby boomers like, like from, dealing with yeah. people being like millennials are trash and it's like okay well i guess i'm well, trash now i can, i'm going to laugh about it yeah. cuz that's my entire existence yeah especially cuz like how different generations view this generation as the me generation, mm-hmm. as that famous Time magazine cover yeah. with the girl taking a selfie. Yes, we're absolutely so obsessed with ourselves. Little did they know, we don't like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just put an X over that me. Yeah. Uh, or put in the trash. <laughs> the trash. I still just the like, that's the, the trash generation. Thing. The trash. The trash like, generation. Well, so a lot of people say that like selfies and like all that thing, all that stuff is... Uh, being self-obsessive and narcissistic and it's just like no i just want a good selfie like if i have to take 50 selfies for one good one 
you know, that isn't trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's the word again. <laughs> then, then, you know, I'm going to take 50 selfies. Like, hey, the lighting's good. My makeup's on fleek. Like, okay. I'm going to share with the world that, hey, I'm having a great day. Yeah. But, like, why I want, shouldn't you? And I want them to see me. I don't want them to see, like, everything else I'm doing. Like, look at, look, takes a picture of the atrium. I'm having such a great day. Like, it doesn't look like you're having a good day. It looks, looks like, like there the are a lot of people. The pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the atrium's having a good day, too. Yeah. Everyone's good. We're good. We're yeah. doing great here. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah, it's like, why shouldn't we be self-congratulatory? Uh, because especially when apparently everything else is awful. And, honestly, if you look at some aspects yeah. of the world at the moment, right. everything is awful. Everything's pretty awful. My friend, uh, her name's Calais. And wh- like my favorite Snapchat by far, because all it is was her taking selfies, very self-congratulatory. Like she takes a picture at night and she's like going out to party looking great. She wakes up in the morning, her makeup's like still on. Like she'd like everything messed up. She's like, looks like, she's like looking rough, but still on point. And like, it's just every, <laughs> yes, every yeah. day she posts about how great she looks and I love it. That's gotta be good for yourself too. Right. Like, like you know, that yeah. also builds your self-esteem. Like everyone's always telling you to be confident and be, you know, not like self-absorbed but like be out there but then they like destroy it with yeah. the means yeah. that you're trying to use to be confident yeah if you're going to be so demanding about my level of confidence then you need to support it right. like my selfie please <laughs> like, like be confident but you're trash the moral yeah. of today's podcast is just go like our selfies please go like our selfies go like all the selfies Oh my gosh. So to wrap up, I just really want to read more of these posts. <laughs> <laughs> this, trying to embarrass me is so unnecessary. I do it myself just fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. We got some long ones happening now. Oh dear. <laughs> Send me that picture you took of us. Sends picture of two trash cans. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, one's a recycling bin, one's a trash can. Is it garbage day? I can't believe they made a day dedicated to me. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I like how I our theme it. is just garbage. Yeah, that will be our uh, title. Hmm. The Coven is Garbage. Trigger warning, The Coven is Garbage. And Squicky. So we have two titles now. <laughs> the Squicky Beige Room. <laughs> the Squicky Beige Room. <laughs> With the one Mimi Q poster. Oh my gosh, I love it. And Post no doorknob. selfie, three dead, seven blinded. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Um, oh, no. Yeah. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you could ever blind or kill me. So. Oh, gee willikers, man. <laughs> I feel touched. But I blind you with my beauty because we are the me generation and I yeah. need to be self-congratulatory at all times. Well, I'm trash, so I should be blind. <laughs> but it's okay because we're in a safe space where we can talk about how trash we are. In our circle jerk of, of trash. Right. Everyone what else, a call every- <laughs> Trigger warnings for callbacks. <laughs> Trigger warnings. Gosh. Uh, okay, so everything's wrapped up now. We said all the things that we talked about. A plus to us. Uh, but, you know, we're trash. So uh, this has been the trashy coven <laughs> podcast i've been your garbage host daily wilhelm the witch of the wavelengths joining me today is the trashy cora wilson your uh garbage druid of the decibel and the wonderful the always disappointing matthew yep the wonderful but disappointing no you're wonderful but oh, uh Thanks, guys, for listening. You can check out our other self-congratulatory podcasts here at ByteBSU.com or on our SoundCloud at Ball State Daily. Be sure to check us out on social media should you use it to post self 
uh, deprecating posts, um, we will like those posts with our official <laughs> at ByteBSU account. Yeah. Not guaranteed with that statement, but thanks for listening. Bye.